Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is Everything is Black and White podcast brought to you by Chronicle Live and sponsored by Hodgson Motor Group, bringing you the latest insight into everything to do with Newcastle United. Find us on iTunes, Spotify or most podcast providers. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Musgrove, joined by Kieran Kelly. As usually with Newcastle United, it's been another busy week ahead of Saturday's game against Sheffield United. And we're going to start with coronavirus, Kieran, which is something I don't think we'd ever... Not my special subject either, exactly. oh God. <laughs> but it is affecting football. Yeah. Uh, the Man City Arsenal game postponed as caution. Fears that even newer 2020 could be affected. Closer to home, Newcastle have issued some measures like um, not allowing the players to give out autographs or photographs. Yeah. Non-football engagement events have been cancelled. You know, the ban of handshakes already knew about the Premier League, then banned the handshakes. Um, I mean, it's quite scary in a way. And the, the talk of maybe even playing behind closed doors is something I don't think as a fan, let alone a journalist, I would ever thought about. No, it, it's it's all kind of escalated so quickly and you, you almost fear that there's a, many more levels to go across the continent. I think when you, you see what's happening in Italy, obviously it's, it puts everything in perspective really. You know, I think we, we all get a bit bogged down with um, things that seem significant, but when, when you see what's going on there, yeah, it's, it's, it's eye-opening to say the least. So I think supporters, you know, um, are becoming very aware of it and do see that I think you know as, as as gutting as it would be for to not be able to go long to games I think a lot of people can see that you know this is a a massive massive thing and um, yeah I think I'm I'd never claim to be a, a health spokesman so I, I don't think it helps when you have people who aren't qualified speaking about it but um, yeah I think everyone is in a similar boat where you're, you're waiting to see what happens next and just almost taking it day by day when it comes to coming into your workplace um, let alone wondering is is the game going to be going ahead so uh, obviously Saturday as it stands you know fans will be able to go along to St James's which is really really good and um, you know particularly ahead of that big FA Cup quarterfinal you hope that can continue for as long as possible I mean it would be uh, devastating to see Newcastle in the, the quarter final have to do it behind closed doors obviously you know people are ill yeah. and dying so that puts it all in perspective but yeah, it's, yeah. it's an interesting topic do you think that the postponement of um, tonight's game is, is, is will set a precedent I suppose yeah I mean it's um, again it's it's a unique situation that um, think it was only yesterday that publicly uh, the Olympiacos owner I think came out and said he'd, he'd contracted it and um, how quickly the clubs were on top of that to to cancel the game um, you have to you have to say so possibly I mean I think it is going to be almost a game by game basis at one point you know and it it's it's just been astonishing really when you see you know in Italy flights cancelled and, and games put off for I think close to a month you know it's it's, it's drastic, but you hope that in 
these measures being done now that um, that can only help in the coming months. But like I said, we don't know what's ahead. You know, come the summer, will it have escalated to a whole new level? Um, but yeah, yeah. Like I said, you're just looking at it a game by game, week by week basis, aren't you? You are indeed. Maybe even our <laughs> our um, plenty of Instagram stories of the players with the hand sanitizer. So they're obviously taking it very seriously and understandably. Um, we'll go into the dressing room now, so to speak, and. <laughs> Federico, Federico Fernandez, stumbling over my go. words there, of the excitement that Fernandez <laughs> has signed on for another year. The club had an option to extend his deal, and for me, it was it was a no brainer. Very impressed by him. He's that experienced hand that you need, and there's so much you can read into this deal, into the, the two previous deals of Shelby and Richie as yeah. well, and we'll get on to that. But first of all, just your initial reaction. You've spoken to the camp as well over the past kind of few months about yeah. uh, Fernandez's deal. Um, so yeah, just your initial reaction that he he will be here for another twelve months at least. Yeah, I think it's it was quite amusing. Um, I think he said he only found out about it in Steve Bruce's office yesterday morning. So that kind of shows you how, um, I suppose, just how much of a non-event in a way it was that you know they always were in the driving seat when it came to taking up that option to extend. And it seemed a no-brainer. I know. There have been so many issues over the years with Newcastle players when they get to that kind of 30-plus age. Fernandez just turned 31, but when you have the option to keep him for another year and he's so keen to stay, uh, he's two young kids who, um, you know, one of them being born here, his his partner likes it here, he likes it here. Um, it's great. You know, you see what he does in the dressing room. Um, you know, last month for his birthday, he chose to, to have a barbecue at the training ground and it wasn't just for the players. He made sure that every one of the staff... Uh, regardless of whether it was the security guards or you know the assistant coaches he wanted them all involved and I think that anecdote probably sums up him as a man um, and then as a player there's a reason why since October he's pretty much played whenever he's been fit um, you know we, we, we can't think of him as a classy defender but Bruce really likes is just the the kind of defensive side he does quite neatly and um, there's a reason why um, him and Lascelles have been in that back four together and why it's held up since they've they've switched uh, a few this is the last week so uh, yeah I think it, it as I said it's a no brainer and um, yeah he's, he's a really popular figure over there well it's helpful that you mention Lascelles because that was where I was going to go next and I do think that having Fernandez next to Lascelles has benefited Lascelles hugely mm. we forget he's still very young he's got all this responsibility he's captain and yeah. the pressure talk of England and certain months gone by and for me, there was a fear that when Newcastle switched to a back four, Lascelles wouldn't have handled it too well. There's been instances previously when he hasn't looked comfortable and mistakes have crept in. But since the formation change, and it's been Fernandez and Lascelles, we've seen Lascelles you know, get into Alan Shearer's team of the, the weekend yeah. um, for the performance against Southampton, and he's looked comfortable. And for me, that's because of who he's playing with. Now, don't get me wrong, Fabian Chair is a good defender, but I feel... There's, um, he's he's not as calm under pressure as Fernandez, and I think Fernandez signing on will be a huge help to Lascelles, who has still got his best years ahead of him as well. Yeah, I mean, I think the summer what happens in that department is going to be really interesting because uh, you would think back four is the way forward. I think there will be times this season, for example, the FA Cup qualifying, where they will go back to the back five, but. I think next season Bruce ideally would like to be able to play four on a regular basis and when you have six centre-backs who all have their own merits um, 
is that really sustainable? And if you Lascelles, we think would stay. Fernandez extend his deal. Um, there's some interesting calls maybe to be made. And you look at say Florian Lejeune, who we all know is a really classy defender, brilliant on the ball. Um, he's struggling to get game time in the league at the moment, and that shows you the competition. That even though Clark and Dumont are injured, um, you've still two you know, class defenders and Cher and Lejeune who, who can't necessarily get in the team. So uh, it's a good problem to have, but I think is that sustainable going forward? And personally, I think Bruce might even look at that situation and think, can I get maybe a, a fast defender in as well? You know, he, ideal world, he wants an even higher defensive line and he maybe only maybe Lascelles could be of the pace to play at that real high high defensive line so that they may even look at bringing in another centre-back that, that could be possible so some big calls to be made in the summer but I think between now and the end of the season it will be that Fernandez-Lascelles partnership yeah How important is that experience because I look back and I think about Stephen Taylor or Sebastian Bassong or Titus Bramble yeah. three names of players who had huge potential I mean for me Stephen Taylor probably could have gone on to play for England had he had the right people around him yeah. I think he was partnered with Boomsong for a lot of his Newcastle United <laughs> career. So as Newcastle United fans, we can remember those days. And I just think having someone who's good quality, good experience beside you, just in your ear and just maybe pulling you aside and trading is, is very good. Not just for Lascelles, but mm. you know, you've got Kellen Watts. Um, you know, and, and He's out on loan at the moment, but he'll be back pre-season, you would think. And you've got other uh, players in the 23s who are going to, benefit a lot from just having someone around who's played so much Premier League football yeah. um, international as well it's it's crucial isn't it yeah I think even someone like Miguel Almiron um, who's 26 I believe but Fernandez is a Spanish speaker he, he's really really important for, for that section of the dressing room as well people like Javier Manquillo who I think is 25 still relatively you know finding their way around at Newcastle I think he's he's been important and that goes for uh, what they've done with the contracts in general, uh, Shelby, Richie, um, you know, Dubravka, four players all aged between 28 and 31 signed up in the last seven months, I think. And whatever they do in the summer, you, you're keeping that core, you're keeping that settled dressing room. And the chances are in the summer, most of the players they will sign will be from the continent and probably aged under 26. So I think having that kind of stability in that dressing room is going to be really important because in theory it's not going to be as chaotic a summer this summer as it was last I mean that was something else so that can only help those new arrivals because we've seen it's not easy settling in here when you come from uh, a foreign country you mentioned there the other players Richie and Shelby obviously signed um, new deals they had two different performances against Southampton Shelby pretty much ran the game um, accurate in his passing he was getting about the pitch he created I mean that ball for Dwight Gale um, I think someone tweeted out that if that had been De Bruyne you know there would have been a thousand memes made of it um, it was a fantastic ball and, and Gale headed it um, towards goal it was a good save in the end probably should have scored but that was just one thing that Shelby did Matt Ritchie decent performance missed the penalty good penalty I mean it was well saved what's your view on that? I don't think it was a, a terrible penalty I think I always look at him as a... It's rare he misses, isn't it? So it was almost when you saw that... 
Finally, Newcastle it, getting a penalty. It is when Newcastle, yeah. you know, gets a penalty. I don't know if you can see who it was at first in a yeah, <laughs> yeah year, wasn't it? Yeah, that's so. that was the initial shock, and then I was like, well, if Richie's taking it, then yeah, you're half sure. But I think it, you know, it, it maybe had he gone a bit higher. But again, it's all ifs and maybes, isn't it? But it was a good save. Well, you have to give the keeper. He had a good game, didn't he? And um, yeah, hopefully it's not so long until we have to wait for another one. Um, but yeah. Uh, think Richie would probably be relieved it didn't count for anything that's a maximum build him up mm. um, but we need to see more of that from Shelby we need to see that consistency that's always been mm. the problem for me is that he can put in good performances and then he can disappear Yeah, and we just need to see more of an all round performance that we did against Southampton yeah I think uh, particularly now he's got the new deal uh, he, he's gone on the record to say he knew he was playing for a contract so now the next step is to to push on now that he's got that but I think to be fair to him I know the consistent things held against him a lot but particularly the last five months I think you've seen he's benefit from having a manager who believes in him he knows where he is with Bruce all the time um, he knows what's expected of him and he has put the work in when it comes to what he does off the ball and you've seen him uh, kind of develop into a real leader in that dressing room as well. You know, he's, he's capping the team on occasion when Lascelles was out. And yeah, I think, uh, you know, he, I don't think he's the team's talisman, but he is so important. You've seen when he's in the team, what he brings. Um, as you said, with those pass to Gale, no one else can do that. And just that Man City game, I think, is a really important one to have him in for because when Newcastle have the ball they're going to have to turn it over quickly get out to the wings quickly and Shelby has that vision so it's just about finding a teammate that's that's the challenge I mean Dwight Gale obviously is started he started against Southampton and it's to me it seems like the idea is to recreate that championship kind of partnership between yeah. Shelby and Gale and we saw it work at least from uh, Shelby's point of view with the passing Gale what is it? Is it one goes in and then we'll see him getting on a roll because he's getting in there, which yeah. is more than you could probably say for John Linton, but he should have had at least two on on, <laughs> on Saturday against Southampton, shouldn't he? Oh yeah. Um, to to I think is to have that many chances in one game, let alone one half. It was just such a mad first half. Um, but yeah, you you kind of thought. It, it was really mixed because it was you're like well he's actually getting in the positions that Newcastle not really had that presence in the penalty box so I think had they lost that game though or had they drawn that game he he would have got a lot of flack but the fact they won it I think obviously didn't matter um but you think now the this is the first time he's really had a run the team for a while he's in gotten a couple of games together without getting a, a muscle injury he's going to get that sharpness back and once he gets that goal you know as I said before I think if he gets three league goals between now and the end of the season that's a decent return when you consider that the forwards up to now have five league goals between them so uh, he will have more chances and I think that's the positive Bruce will take that at least he is getting into positions but sooner you you, you would hope he will he will start finding the back in the net With Shelby and with Richie obviously um, towards the age where many people would say Newcastle United in the past haven't been keen to sign them up, especially to, to, to big deals, because let's not make any bones about it. Shelby um, will be one of the highest played yeah. players at the club. Is it a sign that things are changing? Because some people have said Shelby probably would have been out the door if Benitez had stayed on. Yeah, You can see that point. But with the, the whole getting to 30, do you think the policy is starting to shift a little bit? 
Yeah, it, I think it's it's definitely noticeable. Um, we've seen in the past, you know, you, there are so many examples of players um, who have got to that point and it's just tick by and tick by and tick by and it's the offer hasn't been right or it's just not happened. And ironically, when I looked at the players who are out of contract this summer, next summer, I thought Maddie Longstaff was the biggest no-brainer, you know, going back six, seven months ago. And I thought, oh, the issues might be, you know, say Fernandez or... You know, would would Matt Ritchie really get a, a what's been a three and a half year new deal? But I think you are seeing Bruce's influence in that. Uh, just as much as he had an influence in Andy Carroll coming in last summer, I think he has argued the case that, okay, if the policy in the summer is going to be to continue to look at young players on the continent, you know, you look at the bid they made for Sumari in January, that's kind of a signal of where it's going. Um, Newcastle need to have those kind of players who understand the the culture of the club who know what it feels like to to play at St James's who understand the expectation of the fans and that's why they've got new deals and um you know I think as I said you when you have a core of players who've been together three or four years that there's a real bond there and um the guys who come in next summer will come into that and um you know in in theory it's a settled dressing room so uh, you can see the logic in it, but a lot of the times at Newcastle, when outsiders see the logic, maybe those above don't necessarily agree mm. or see it slightly differently. But it seems certainly Bruce has has, uh, has pushed it. And again, like in January with the three loan signings, he's he's got something that he wanted, and that's uh, keeping all those experienced heads. It is indeed. And for anyone that follows me on Twitter, I'm just a huge fan of Matt Rich. Yeah. I think it's so important that we signed him up. And there was a great interview... I think Dan King from the club did it. And when you're in that situation, you always ask about the city, you know, the city and the the culture and everything. And most players will say, oh, it's a wonderful city. And Matt Ritchie just was like, yeah, um, I have enjoyed being away from my from my family sometimes. <laughs> His family lived down south. Yeah. You just think, that's just typical Matt Ritchie. You, you could have given a lovely sound bound. He's yeah. just, yeah, yeah, why not? <laughs> it's a good little interview if you managed to watch it. Um, sadly, aren't there some, some disappointing news, really? Um, bad news really for Newcastle United is Martin Dubravka ruled out for at least this month yeah. um, doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence that it will be you know the 1st of April and we'll see him back <laughs> no and it looked at quite a, a nothing challenge really Danny Ings went in and, and caught him but it didn't look like it was would have been too serious he then leaves St Mary's on crutches yeah, and then obviously the, the, the news brought last night by the Times and the club confirmed this morning. Yeah, huge blow. It is is uh, I think probably ninety nine percent of the fan base would all say he's been the the player of the season, and it'll take something special from someone to take that often between now and May. Um, he's you know makes the odd mistake, but when you think of how many saves he's made. Um, was counting them up for club and country he's made 148 this season uh, nine clean sheets for Newcastle and we all know the the saves almost like you know a striker scores a goal so you know the one he made from Jimenez against Wolves or those ridiculous ones he did at Sheffield United particularly on the road he's made some huge saves and it, it's a shame you know um, I think particularly had that cup game it would have been interesting to see if Bruce would have brought him back in for it um, and we know already from the Man City game earlier in the season, some of the saves he made in that were, were so important. So it's a big blow, but it opens the door, obviously, for Carl Darlow. I don't think he's had a run the team in two years. And 
I think um, he'll only benefit from a run of games because to be fair to him, um, he's been thrown in kind of ad hoc in the cups, and you know he could be going a month between playing then, and uh, he'll be absolutely desperate to to impress and take that chance. Yeah, very capable goalkeeper, and I think yeah. Mark Douglas mentioned it last week in the podcast that we've been spoiled by Debrafka because he is one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League, yeah. and then you have kind of the section underneath where Dollar would fit in quite happily yeah. in that section of being a more than apt keeper but some big games coming up and you look at that league tail and you think well in a way it's good we've got that cushion because if this had come last month and he was out you know it it would have been a lot more nervy looking yeah. down at the table yeah. you see he's won Newcastle a lot, a lot of points or helped um, get Newcastle to the, to the tally that they're there now Dollar I mean, he's obviously fighting for his future as well. He'll be wanting to impress. I don't know, but against uh, in the last round of the FA Cup against West Brom, there were a few nervy moments. Mm-hmm. You've mentioned it there. He could go a month without playing. Is that? A, do you think that's what a case is? He's just got to get warmed up in terms of he has to have more than one game every four weeks. I think we know we know a lot about him anyway because he used to be first choice, and we know what his strengths and weaknesses are. Um, when you think of the. The championship season when he's playing week in week out um i do think it has an influence you know for keeper to to be thrown in and um but he, he is a huge competitor um and you know he'll be champ champing at the bit to to impress but it will be a, a big ask but kind of in my head i was working out you know would they sooner lose to Bravka for, you know, say six weeks or St. Maximin again or Almiron? And, and I know that's a horrible question to ask and you think it's yourself, well, given what the four two three one's done, would it be a bigger loss to lose an outfield player or a goalkeeper? But then you have to obviously add it up on, on how many points he's helped them earn. So it's a, it's a horrible conundrum, but they'll definitely miss him. Um, no doubt about it. But as I said, for Darlow, it could be kind of knowing that he'll have, say, five or six games ahead of him, that could settle him a little bit. And, you know, he, if he if he can't raise his game for facing Aguero and Sterling and players he'll really want to come up against, then, you know, it, you can't raise your game against anyone. So I, I think he'll be up for it, definitely. Fingers crossed. Just a word then on Alan St. Maximum before we have a little look at Chef United. Uh, obviously a very busy couple of weeks for, for him, but he was he was fantastic against uh, Southampton, and it would just be like the Hollywood script that he would end up getting the goal. Um, you just got to push on from here. And I think you've written before about Bruce, and Bruce mentioned it in his in his press comments after the game about him, Sir Maxim just needing to do a bit more defensively and on the decision making, passing the ball. But you look at the Southampton game, ninety fourth minute, he was back winning a slight yeah. title just outside his box. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it appears he is learning and and listening to maybe what the the staff are telling him. Yeah, I mean, as as great as he is, he he wouldn't have made as many starts as he has if he wasn't able to chip in defensively as well. That's something that's expected of all the players, whether you're Almiron or Shelby, and Sam Maxman has bought into that, and it's not his natural game. I think Patrick Vieira at Nice before said he didn't feel he sacrificed himself enough for the team but he's really bought into that at Newcastle and um, I think uh, you know there's another example at West Brom I remember when Newcastle before they'd even gone ahead he tracked back and made a really important sliding tackle so he's bought into it he's embraced that side and I think fans can see that as much as he's 
so impressive going forward they see that he is willing to help the team and that's only added to his popularity so yeah I think there's there's at least like another couple of levels for him to go up it's that final product you know can you win games for your club you know more regularly can you um, find those passes he did for Almiron in the West Brom game more regularly and can you keep uh, that defensive effort going um, throughout a season they're, they're the challenges for him but you have to remember it's his first season in the Premier League I don't think that's once been said about him it's been said about a lot of their other signings so he uh, in theory would be a, an even better player next season We hope you've enjoyed this episode so far it's sponsored by Hodgson Motor Group the North East number one family owned Toyota Mazda and Suzuki dealership group please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast through wherever you get your podcasts from. So now on to Sheffield United. Then this Saturday, they've found their, their form. Well, maybe they never actually lost it, but they've won, uh, I think, it's three out of the last four, drawn the, the, the other game there. And they could qualify for Europe this season. So they've got a lot still to play for. They've been the surprise package, of course, Newcastle. And yeah. I can beat them down at Sheffield. Uh, United down at Bromley. I think they got a bit of a bad press for that game because yeah. a lot of people said it was backs yeah. against the wall. They didn't deserve the win. But to me, they seem to have the plan. <laughs> that was the plan. It wasn't very nice to watch, but they got three points. It's going to be a different game though this Saturday, isn't it? Yeah, I think not revenge, but I think they'll have that game in their mind, Sheffield United. I think they, they felt quite hard done by... Um, I still remember their fans, how annoyed they were with the VAR decision and just the incredulity of everyone in that stadium when Shelby just casually walks through for that goal it was remarkable um yeah it's a really tough game I think getting that win at Southampton takes a little bit of pressure off Newcastle and this it's uh I don't think it's a must win game um but if they could just keep that momentum going with the new system going into that city game and get a good result um against Sheffield United it'd be huge um and um I think it'd be it should be an actually pretty good game because um, you know Sheffield United have, have been quite fun to watch this season as much as they've been really effective and um, Wilder you know you had a brilliant thing about Jordy said they're all off their nuts after that game he was he was he was actually quite uh, quite good value after the game um, so yeah I think it'll be a good match um, but if they could get get a point keeps them ticking over and you know they're they are very close then to getting the 40 um with so many games to go so i think the key bruce will want is to keep that momentum and for darlow it's the ideal kind of a big game to to go into ahead of the city game as well so i think it's an important match for him do you see any players being rested looking ahead to the man city game i know there's a, there's a week in between the games yeah. but some people ask on twitter is that something you see I don't think so, no. I, I, You know, if they were 4-0 up after 70 minutes, which is not going to happen, I don't think. Uh, it might be a bit different, but I think um, the way it is at the moment, I think all the players will want to play uh, as much as possible. And you're looking at the, the squad now, it's hard enough to get on the bench at the moment. So um, while Bruce would be conscious of, of certain players not getting much game time lately, I think he will want to play his best team in and start to get that continuity together because it's quite noticeable really since the Burnley game uh, you know in the league certainly it's been a similar crop who've played both of those games against Burnley and Southampton and I think it'd be similar again against Sheffield United and Man City so um, no I wouldn't expect too many changes um, on Saturday no I mean they have been in good form just looking further than the, the last four games um, 
some really good performances and they seem to be like Newcastle they don't score that many goals yeah. um, they've just obviously they've won um, a few more games they've drawn seven on the road though which kind of suggests <laughs> we know how Sheffield United will come to St James's Park yeah. to face the Bruce's men yeah yeah I think it's um, it's funny with Newcastle you know they I think they have more possession against Burnley did they and they definitely did against Southampton they're obviously against 10 men but they're starting to have more of the ball and they're actually creating chances with it so it could well be that that will happen again on Saturday um, the, king, the thing for them obviously is just the finishing in the league you know they, they've scored one league goal since uh, that win at Everton so you know if you're going to win games by a narrow margin it obviously puts the pressure on the defence um, so yeah it'll be an intriguing game um, because I think a lot of those players know they uh, they're not safe yet and they want to build on a momentum with that Southampton game because uh, that does feel like a big win in, in the grand scheme of things to have that cushion as you mentioned earlier Pop quiz then how many games have Sheffield United lost since that Newcastle defeat uh, oh god that's hard I'm going to say three you're right. Oh. <laughs> Two against City and one against Liverpool, which shows yeah, exactly. just how strong they are. Yeah. It's, it's bizarre. You, you kind of see it on the table and then you look at the actual stats. It's remarkable. It is remarkable. Billy Sharp getting in on the goals now as well. And um, he's an approacher, so he'll keep likes of Lascelles maybe busy if he starts. Um, they're a good team outfit. There's not really one player where you, you say stands out, whereas with Newcastle, you would say, right, yeah. Alan St. Maximum is the man that stands out. How did Newcastle defend against that then? Because you can't... For me, it's, I, I always think if you keep Shelby quiet or you keep Alan St. Maxman quiet, then you've pretty much mm. got the game done and dusted, really, um, against Newcastle. But when it's just... It is a team performance, yeah. so to speak. Who do you who do you keep quiet? How do you defend against that? Is it you've got to concentrate on your own strengths? Yeah, I think it's, it's a bit like the Burnley game. I think Burnley are, you know, one of the form teams in the league. But you look at that team... There isn't, as you say, a superstar. You say, yeah, he's their talisman. And Sheffield United, I think, are going to start to build, be able to attract players. And you look at Sander Berge coming from uh, Belgium. He's, you know, a quality player. I think the summer they will start to add a bit of stardust. But it's almost a bigger challenge when you come up against a really committed, determined group rather than just one or two who can turn it on. And um, in some ways that makes it more level playing field um, as well. So... Um, yeah, I think Newcastle just have to focus on on what they've done, and that's create you know a lot of chances in the last two games. But the finishing just has to be right. I think uh, while they got away against Southampton, if games three chances against Sheffield United, they're not going to win the game, in my opinion. So um, that's what they have to improve. But I've been saying that all season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is it just on the team selection for Newcastle? Just to wrap it up, you foresee the the same team other than obviously Dubravka out for Dollar. Yeah, I think uh, I'd be very surprised if there was more than than two or three changes, really. I think uh, it's quite a settled team in the league at the moment and he's not going to want to tweak that too much, you know. So, for example, Matt Ritchie playing on the right wing, I think you could easily see that again from the start or, um, you know, Manky or right back or, you know, any of those kind of interesting calls he's made. Um, yeah, so it probably potentially means Joel to be on the bench again and I don't think he's been on the bench two games running yet so uh, but I don't think he can really argue at the moment um, with how the others have been playing No, I don't think many people would argue that point he didn't have the best of games when he came off the bench against Southampton which was disappointing because in the two games previously 
Mm. You've done quite well. And I suppose just to wrap it up, it is, you're throwing the gauntlet down to Julian and just as Bruce has done with St. Maximum, St. Maximum appears to have taken on board. But with Julian, you're now saying, well, prove to me why why Dwight Gale shouldn't be ahead of you in, the, in that team. Yeah, and I'm sure he maybe expected an even stronger reaction when he was benched and came on. Yeah, as you said, he, he didn't he didn't necessarily change the game when Newcastle were needing a goal, and um, it's one that's going to rumble on into next season. I think um, where does he fit in this team? It seems now he's a left winger, but you know it wouldn't surprise you he played up front against Man City early in the season tasked with just holding the ball up and winning free kicks you know he could easily be used that in that role at some point uh, next week so I think you know they have to look at getting a, a goal score next season I know it sounds really simple and it's not but they they it's so obvious their priority in the summer it's just so hard to find one but they really they can't afford to get it wrong uh, in the summer if if they don't spend that money right again and this time next year we're still talking about how they're not scoring enough league goals um, they mightn't be so lucky because their defensive performances for the most part have been brilliant um, but is it sustainable to rely on that I think Bruce recognised that he's trying to evolve the system a bit and I think the ideal scenario now is to have someone at the tip of that formation who can get you 10-12 league goals um, that will take this team up another level and I know ironically they had that in Rondon but uh, whatever about that they they just need to find someone who can do that they do indeed I know you don't like this part <laughs> you know what's coming <laughs> give me a score prediction, prediction. Uh, I'm going to go for a really really good 2-2 uh, I think I think that would be a good result for Newcastle I think it, it might be an entertaining match I could be completely wrong when we're talking about a, a really awful 0-0 but I, I think it would be two teams who not don't have anything to lose but kind of are can maybe start to open up a bit and they were both trying to finish obviously as high as possible so I think it'll be a good decent game well there you have and if it isn't please do write <laughs> in and tell me it was wrong um, in the meantime stick with Chronicle Live to, to get all the Newcastle United news including Steve Bruce's press conference on Friday morning uh, thank you very much for listening <laughs>